want to thank you today on this day. We want to thank you for your love that never fails. We want to thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We want to thank you for your goodness that pursues us all the days of our lives. We want to thank you that the heavens have been rendered and the veil has been torn and we have access under the new covenant through the blood and the body of Christ. So, Lord, today we pray that we would have ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us. Not just hear it, but to hear it. God, we ask for a spirit of revelation and wisdom to come amongst us today. That your word goes forth that as you speak, oh God, that you would speak to each and every one of us. That, Lord, that we would receive revelation and wisdom that causes greater breakthrough and release, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word and your spirit. And the people said, Amen. Dry bones hear the word of the Lord. Now that's, a, that's one of those statements in Scripture that you get excited about. Or maybe it's just me. Dry bones hear the word of the Lord. Steve was so excited before he broke a string on his guitar. That's how excited he was. Dry bones hear the word of the Lord. God is speaking. I was brought up in the Presbyterian church where God didn't speak. He spoke through Scripture, but that was it. Everything was shut. Prophecy ceased. Tongues were stilled. Everything. Verses of Scripture that I was, you know, led to believe said certain things I discovered years later didn't say those things that, that, they, that I was led to believe. So the truth is, if you're sitting here today and you go, oh, I'm not sure about that, we need to get back to the Word of God because the Word of God says that God is speaking. Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice and they follow me. The gift of prophecy, open heavens, open, you know, access to God. God is speaking. And sometimes I think, I really think it would be great to get back to biblical times when believers met together in some form every day. Okay, there's two of us that would be, three of us, there's four of us that would really like to see that. Because you know what happens as you begin to meet together and as you unpack Scripture is you don't just hear, but you start to understand. And that's the difference because you can come on Sunday and you, or Wednesday to study or whatever and you can hear a message and you can go, that was a really good message. But do we walk away truly understanding it or do we just hear it and say, gee, that was good? You see, what happened is that Paul ministered and Peter ministered and other people ministered from church to church for periods of two or three years at times, opening scriptures and explaining everything that took place so that people didn't just hear, but they understood. And it's no wonder that the Word of God spread. The gospel spread because people actually understood it. You know, it's like a light bulb moment when you understand something. Hands up who has had that moment where you thought you understood something until the moment when you really understood something and it brought change to your life. It brought change to your thinking. It's just like that. Sometimes we think we understand until we actually go, oh, hang on a minute, now I understand. That's the way of true discipleship, isn't it? That you hear it, but you understand it, and therefore you live it. You don't just hear it, and then you forget about it, and then you move on to something else, but you hear it, and you understand it, and you start to live it. 
The Spirit of God is bringing the Word of God alive in us. Amen. So today we want to look at dry bones hear the Word of the Lord. And that's obviously taken from Ezekiel 37. Don't turn there yet. We'll get there in a minute. We need to be reminded. I really felt as I was praying this week that we need to be reminded of the fact that God speaks. And not just God speaks, but there is power released when God speaks. You could go, oh, yeah, God speaks. When God speaks, things change. Things are created. Circumstances change. We can go all the way back to Genesis. That's a good place to start, isn't it? We read throughout the account of creation that God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light. He said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And throughout the whole account of creation, and God said, and God said, and God said, when God speaks, the creator of the heavens and the earth, sometimes I think we lose our wonder at how big and how almighty and how great God is. Go and see some people that live in the country where there's no nighttime lights and you look up at the sky and you see the number of stars that you see. And it's just a fraction. We can't see anything compared to the whole. How big He is, how great He is, how mighty He is. God spoke it into being. God's creative power is unleashed as He speaks. His redemptive power, His healing power and so on. And this is why the enemy works so hard in the space for us to question what God has said. God speaks and he works in this space to create doubt. Did God say? Isn't that what happened? In Genesis chapter 3, the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say? God said, did God really say? And for every single one of us that are here today, we're somewhere in that continuum. I'm not speaking about creation here. I'm speaking about what the things that God is speaking to you about. That God is speaking to you personally, your family, your situations. That God is speaking to you about. God is speaking to you through the Word of God about. That God is speaking and somewhere in there the enemy tries to get in and says, Did God really say? That's where he works. Because he, even he knows what happens when we receive and understand and live out what God has said. Amen. We need to remind ourselves, and I think it's good to remind ourselves at times because we get a bit forgettery. We have this forgettery at times where we forget, and so it's good to remind ourselves. Amen? There's probably lots of things we need to be reminded about. But one of the things is about the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the, 
of the tongue. I remember I was once speaking to a pastor friend of mine, you know, and they put an experiment where there was the, where they had the identical pot and they look uh, pot plant and they looked after the pot plant in two separate rooms. And every day they went into that pot plant and they said live and they spoke health and and you know prosperity over it. And they shut the door and they went into the same pot was cared for in the same same way and they spoke death and they spoke cursing over it. And you know you actually know what happened? One pot prospered and one died. I don't think we realize, and I think we need to be reminded that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And what you speak over someone, you are speaking over them. And I'm just thankful that the Word of God says that every weapon that's formed against us cannot prosper, and every tongue that rises against us is refuted and turned back because we are sons and daughters of the living gods. But I think in there somewhere, we need to be reminded of like, oh, because I think that's one of the things that God's doing. Is there an amen? That as He's working in people, creating clean hands and pure hearts, we like, oh, hang on a minute. I shouldn't be talking like that anymore. I shouldn't be speaking like that anymore. Is there an amen? You know, when you see that something in the Old Testament and the New, you've just got to really take notice of it. In James, uh, James chapter 3, you know, there's, like there's a whole chapter about controlling the tongue. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that, that you will receive a stricter judgment. Yeah. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is complete. He is mature, able to control the whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole... Uh, sorry. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies and consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Speech is powerful. I know over time when I've coached soccer over the years and I've come across young boys who were raised in environments where they weren't encouraged, I've had to spend half my time, you know, cutting off some of the stuff that they believe about themselves. You're hopeless. You're good for nothing. You're never going to amount to anything. That's all they've heard all their life. And so even as a soccer coach, you actually have to start to speak into that. That's not true. Such are the power of words that are continually spoken. I remember once, oh, maybe I shouldn't go there. This might be a topic that I shouldn't go to. Too bad. I remember once, I was, I remember once, I was ministering to someone who their child had other gender tendencies and they couldn't work out they couldn't work out where the doorway had come in. They couldn't work out. And as we were praying together, I kept hearing the words, you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl. And I said, where were you? What happened? Anyway, long, long story short, this young boy throughout all their upbringing said, you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl. The power of words. 
the power of words, if we just learn the power of words. And that's why Paul said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only for what is for edification, the building up of one another. If we could just grab a hold of that, all of us. Woo. Anyway, that's not the message. God speaks. The question is, do we hear? You, we can hear. But biblical hearing is not just, oh yeah, I heard that. But biblical hearing, if we turn to Matthew 13 about the parable of the, the sower as an example, biblical hearing is actually about me receiving something and understanding something and seeing it applied to my life. That is showing you that I'm hearing you. When someone comes to you and says, that needs to change, or this is wrong, and you hear it, and you go, whoa, that is, and you start to apply it to your life and start to walk in it, that shows the person that you've actually heard what they said. No? We have a problem with hearing. In our society, we have a problem with hearing. But we hear lots of stuff, but we have so much information and we have so much stuff, there's so much happens that we don't actually really hear. And you can tell that if you're having a conversation with someone and you're already making up in your mind what you're going to reply to them about before they've even finished speaking. And you pull yourself up on it and go, whoa, hang on a minute, I actually need to listen to what Kathy is saying before I actually respond. You see, we live in a society where there is information overload. You know, we have so much available on our phones, it's not funny. And yet, we know from psychiatrists and other people that we are now the most disconnected generation that has been on this earth. The world would tell you that you are more connected than ever. Because you have the internet, you have your phone, you have everything at your disposal. But yet we're actually the more, most disconnected people ever. Because we've lost the art of relationship and listening and hearing. So God is speaking. So the question is, when God speaks, do we hear it? Or is the enemy going to, and, you know, did God really say that? Are you really loved? Are you really accepted? Are you really? Right throughout Scripture, when God speaks, power comes forth. Okay, we've got three people that, are, that agreed with that. That's good. Just look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus. We were singing before only Jesus. That's a good... Well, let's go back to Jesus. John chapter 5. After this, a Jewish festival took place and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. By the sheep gate in Jerusalem, there was a pool called Bethesda in Aramaic, which, is, which has five colonnades. Within them lay a large number of disabled, blind, lame and paralyzed people. One man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. 
Can you imagine being that person? When Jesus saw him, he saw, he saw beneath the flesh and blood. He saw, he saw him and realized he'd been there a long time. He said to him, do you want to get well? Sir, the man answered, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. Can you imagine he had no one to support him? Other people would have other people that would take them and put them into the waters. But he was there by himself. And he presented himself time and time again. He was there by himself. And as he was trying to get to the pool, other people would just go, they just push in line. But Jesus saw this man. He saw him. And Jesus said to him, get up. Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. Is God really telling me that? We can only imagine what was really going on in there for a brief second, but the reality is that he did. He got up and he spoke. He walked and he told others. There was power. Release when Jesus spoke. Get up. That challenges me in my faith. Let's be real for a minute. There are times when I prayed for stuff with two words and it's just happened. And you're like, whoo! But there are other times where you just kind of go, I'm just praying, I'm still praying, I'm praying for this person, I'm believing, I'm believing for this miracle, I'm still praying. Jesus, most of the time, just said, get up, be healed, you're forgiven. There was such power. I can shy away from that, or I can actually go, you know what? When Jesus said, you too will walk as I've walked, God, I need more. I want to walk in the more that you have. I want to walk in that. Not for me, not for my glory, but for you and for your glory, that people would say, look what the Lord has done. He has done great things. Is there an amen? Right throughout the Gospels, we see account after account after account. One of the other ones I was thinking about was the the resurrection. Resurrection's a good thing to talk about, isn't it? Of Lazarus. Lazarus. Good old Lazarus. Lazarus was sick. John chapter 11, go home and read the whole chapter. But Jesus said, when he heard the message, Lord, the one you love is sick, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. But it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So now Jesus loved Martha, his sister, and, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Can you imagine that? One of your best friends is sick and you want to just, no, I'm just going to stay where I am. Because Jesus had already declared to them, this will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God. We read the whole account, you know, Martha, 
Martha came to him, Jesus started speaking about the resurrection and the life and he used this whole episode to teach the disciples. Martha came to him, Mary came to him. You know, Jesus said in um, John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never, will never die. Do you believe this? Are we getting excited yet? When Jesus, we push on to verse 33. When Jesus saw, saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. And Jesus wept. There it is again. The Son of God, carrying such compassion, he wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them started to say, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? You know, the other thing that gets in the way sometimes is man's opinions. In the end, we only need one opinion, and that's the Lord's. In 2 Corinthians 10, when Paul was actually defending his ministry, it was all about people's opinions. And that's why he said we need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. This opinion was, couldn't he have opened the blind, uh, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Jesus, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave. A stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he's been dead for four days. Can you imagine that? I came in here this morning and there was still half a dozen pumpkins left over from last Sunday. And it was pretty smelly. That year they were mouldy and off, they were gone. If there's any produce today, please make sure you take it home. Didn't I tell you, Jesus said, that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone and Jesus raised his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd, see, Jesus didn't even need to do this, but it was because of everyone around him, he actually needed to speak like this. But because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe that you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Lazarus! Come out. Can you put yourself in that situation? Being one of the people. He's been dead for four days. And here he is, walking out. Can you imagine it? There is such power when God speaks. When God speaks. Not when we babble on. But when God speaks, there is so much power. 
Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I lay my life down for the sheep. It is the enemy who comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. The enemy hasn't changed. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Right from the beginning, did God say? He's still lying, stealing, killing, destroying. God is speaking. Are we hearing? So we turn to Ezekiel 37. I'm not going to dig too deep in this because it's really the principle that I want to bring out. But the hand of the Lord was upon me, Ezekiel said, and he brought me down by his spirit, set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. Can you, can you envision that? Look at this whole valley. It's just full of dry bones, femurs, tibulas, fibulas, tibias, sorry. All that stuff. Okay, we've just got people reciting every bone in the body over here. He led me all around them and there were a great many of them on the surface of the valley and they were very dry. They were so dry. They were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I replied, good answer. Lord God, only you know. You know. I actually don't know, but you know. He said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you and make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you so that you may come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So as I prophesied, as I had been commanded... So I prophesied as I'd been commanded. And while I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones started to come together, bone to bone. Can you imagine this? Come on. Man, we would look at that and go, next. As I looked, tendons appeared on them, flesh grew, skin covered them, but there was no breath. And he said to me, now prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the Lord God says. Breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and they stood on their feet, a vast army. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Son of man, he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say. So here we go again. Here's another opinion. Look how they say. Our bones are dried up. Our hope has perished. We are cut off. Where does that come from? Who, who speaks that? Which voice are we listening to? Who are we listening to? 
Who are we believing? When we listen to the media reports even about our country, who are we believing? There's hardly any tourists going to Alice Springs. It's a fact. The plane was only a third full. There are shops shutting down because they don't have enough staff. Because they're believing the media that says things are really bad. Which voice are we listening to? It's the enemy that comes to steal, kill and destroy. Whatever your situation is in your circumstance, there's at least three voices that are speaking. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of stuff. But God is speaking. The enemy wants to speak into that. Did God really say? Can you just put yourself in the midst of the circumstance? It doesn't have to be dry bones in the middle of the valley. But what is a circumstance that is before you? And you attempted to say, it's all dried up. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. It's not possible. It's not going to change. Nothing's going to change in this circumstance. Maybe we just need to hear the word of the Lord. Maybe rather than looking at the circumstance, we need to hear the word of the Lord. Not just hear it and go, gee, that was really good, thanks for that. But we need to hear it. We need to hear it. We need to hear what God's saying. And maybe it's something specific for you in your life today. But maybe it's a general thing. You know, I was just spent some time going throughout Scripture, and I was just reminded of so many promises that, that are found in Scripture. Look at Psalm 30. David starts by saying, I will exalt you, Lord, because you have lifted me and have not allowed my enemies to triumph over me. Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. He said in verse 11, you turned my mourning into dancing and my sorrow into joy. God is the God who can turn your mourning into dancing and your sorrow into joy. Do we believe that afresh on this resurrection day? He can turn your circumstance right around. He can turn your situation right around. But we actually have to let go. We actually have to get out of the way. We, we have to stop listening to man's opinions. We have to stop listening to the enemy who says, nah, it's all over. And we need to start to listen to God. And maybe we actually need to start to de declare the truth of Scripture over us. We could turn to, we could, we could go all over the place, couldn't we? But we could be here for a while. Isaiah 43. I love the promises. You know, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Child, you are mine. I will be with you when you pass through the waters. When you pass through the, the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire. The flame will not burn you. Isaiah 53, he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion. He was crushed because of our iniquities. He was punished by his stripes. We are healed. We can sing a song because it's on the screen and we go, oh, yeah, that's really good. Or we can say, no, I need to declare that over my life. 
By your stripes I'm healed. By your death I live. The power of sin is overcome. It is finished. It is done. By your stripes I'm healed. By your death I live. The power of sin is overcome. It is finished. It is done. Do we hear that? Or do we oh, hear that? Do you know what I'm getting at? You can hear that and go, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing that, yeah. Or you can hear it. You receive it and you believe it. God spoke it. We need to receive it. If you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. If you receive a righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. There are sometimes in the Greek where received is... is if I can paint a bit of a vision, is that you are literally sitting there and something is given to you. But there is a lot of time that the word receive actually means I grab a hold of it because it's mine and I draw it to myself. That's receive. Remember, that's the, that's the picture of the, the Christmas presents under the tree and it has your name on it. It's got your name on it. and You can sit back there and you can wait all you want, but it's got your name on it. You know, just go and grab it. Come to the table. There are so many promises of God that he wants us to lay a hold of. Is there an amen? You know, Jesus is the one that changes things. We've just read some accounts in scriptures about healing. But it says in scripture, as it was prophesying about the Messiah who was to come, that he turns. He gives us a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He gives us all of gladness instead of mourning. And he gives us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And we will be called, they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord for the display of His splendor. We need to grab a hold of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. We need to grab a hold of the abundant life that we have. And this is probably part of the reason we're going into a series on deliverance with much fear and trepidation. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. Because the enemy doesn't like people getting free. The enemy does not like people getting free. But if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. We just, sometimes we just got to repent. We, just, we need to repent. You've been in a situation where something's happened and you just felt prompted by the Spirit and you go, ooh. And you say, God, I repent of partnering with fear. I repent of partnering with fear because your word says you have not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but you've given us power and love and a sound mind. You say, God, I repent of partnering with fear. I repent of, of letting fear dictate to me anymore. You start to declare as a, as according to the word of God and you start to see what God does. So dry bones hear the word of the Lord. Are you listening to God? Are you spending time in that place? Time in His word. Time praying. Listening to Him. 
coming into alignment, allowing the Spirit of God to breathe upon the Word of God. So there are promises for your circumstance. There is words for your battle that are being brought off the page. Are you listening? Are you hearing them? Or are you just hearing them? You see, the dry bones heard the Word of the Lord. God spoke. Ezekiel spoke as he was commanded, and there was a miracle. Scripture is full of miracle from the account of creation all the way through. God speaks. The God who spoke is speaking still. So let's agree with God. More and more, let's agree with God. Let's stand on what God says. Start to go through Scripture. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a new creation. And the old has gone and the new has come. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing that is in Christ. We could go on and on. Start to agree with God. Start to stand on what God says for you. His promises are yes and amen in Christ. The enemy just tries to go, did God say? And what happens when we start listening to that? Doubt, worry, anxiety, fear. Stuff starts coming in because we start listening to that. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. He made so many statements. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You see, the world tries to make it truth is now whatever you think it is. No, 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 Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Feelings are not our truth. Jesus is the truth. We need to be a people that listen to what God is saying. We need to stand upon what He says. We need to stand upon who, who, he, who he is. I guess what I'm saying in the end is, spend some time in this. Don't just do your daily Bible reading and go, yep, I've done it, tick and flick. But listen to what he says. Get in your prayer closet. Get your journal book out. I used to hate journaling. Until one day the Lord said to me, son, I want you to start journaling. My flesh had to crucify. I can tell you right there because I didn't like writing. If you listen to my family, they still can't read half my writing. Sometimes I go back and I go, what on earth is that? True story. I didn't like sitting down, sitting still and just going, writing. There was something in me that had to shift because I didn't like it. But God said to me, he said, son, start journaling. It became life to me. Sorry, I'm bit. It became life to me. Those times in the solitary place where in the midst of the circumstances and you go, God, are you speaking to me? But I'm so thankful for those times because the God who spoke is still speaking. 
But those times when you're in a circumstance, I'm just looking at Nick and Krista as they're there. So, you know, you've, you've got to spend time in the secret place to hear his voice in the noise. You've got to spend time in the secret place with him to learn to hear his voice in the noise because what happens when there's so much noise is we start to get confused and wonder which voice is God. But it only happens as you spend time in the secret place. I remember that we were in Alice Springs on our first trip and the night before that we were meant to fly out at 6.30 in the morning, Nick just started vomiting. Every hour he was vomiting. And because of the whole COVID thing and the traveling thing and stuff, you know, there was a lot of stuff and we're like, can we travel? Can we not travel? You know, my first thing was like, I need to get on the website and see if I can change his ticket. True. And then in the midst of it, I thought, hang on a minute. God, what are you saying? Because at 4.30 in the morning, he was still vomited. You see, there was a lot of noise in that moment. There's so much noise, so many thoughts, so many opinions, so much stuff going on. People like to speak, and you go, oh, you know, and you know, the worst thing, it, the worst thing you can do is ask 100 people their opinion, because you probably get 99 different ones. There's all this noise. I just needed to hear the word of the Lord. And he said, son, you're all going home today. And I knew that I'd heard the voice of my father. And I said, Nick, go and have a shower. We're going to the airport. And with every half an hour, every hour that he just got better and better and better. And he was even hungry by the end of the day. We've got to hear the word of the Lord. Because the world and the enemy and people are trying to put a lot of voices and a lot of stuff into you. But we need to set ourselves aside and we need to hear the word of the Lord. The church is, as a general statement, the church is partly where it is because we haven't heard the word of the Lord. People turn up on Sundays and they do their churchy thing and they go, that was either great or that wasn't great. And they go home again and they do it all the next week. No, no, we need to hear the word of the Lord. We need to receive it and go, well, you said it, so I'm going to start believing it. That's what we did that day. God said, we just started to agree with him. We could have stayed in that cabin and spent more money, wondered how much longer we'd get back to Bundaberg. We need to hear the word of the Lord. Music team. Sometimes circumstances look like our hope is cut off. Things look very dry. But I just want to encourage you today on this Resurrection Sunday to hear the word of the Lord. To hear the word of the Lord. What is God saying? What is God speaking? And if you struggle, it's good to have two or three people that you, that you can count on and you respect in the Lord, that they've been 
journeying with God, hearing his voice for 25, 30 years, and they've got the runs on the board from hearing from God, it's great to gather those people around you and say, we need to hear God together. It's a good thing to do. The older I get, the more submissive I become. That's true. When I was like 25 and it was like, no, no one can tell me nothing. I'm just going to go and do it. And now I look back and go, man, I wish I'd listened to some people all those years ago. Sometimes it's good just to have other people around and say, together, this is what God's saying. So, Lord, I want to thank you today that you are the God who spoke and you are still speaking. You are speaking into our lives. You are speaking into our circumstances. You are speaking. And God, I want to thank you that we can just let go and let you. David said, the Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. And God, we want to look to you. We look to you afresh today. We want to let go of anything that hinders. We want to let go of any sin that entangles us. That we would fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because Lord, we want to thank you that you are faithful. You finish what you start. You will complete the good work. Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice so clearly. In every circumstance, in every situation, that we would hear your voice. Every other voice would be drowned out. God, we submit to you in this time. We yield to you. We need to hear you now more than ever. We thank you that you are the God of resurrection. We thank you that you're the God of the turnaround. We thank you that you are the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. It is all for your glory. It is not by might, it's not by power, it's by your spirit. God, we want to thank you that you are so powerful, you are so mighty. There is no one like our God's. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are. We exalt you today. So today I speak hope over my brothers and sisters. I release hope into their lives. I release hope into their families. I release hope into their circumstances today in Jesus' name. That that same resurrection power and life that we've read about today would begin to manifest in my brothers and sisters more and more. God, we want to thank you that the best is yet to come. That the glory of the latter is greater than the glory of the former. We want to thank you, God, that we might have seemed like we lost heart, but we will know that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Because I declare that you belong to Jesus. That Bundaberg, you belong to Jesus. Australia, you belong to Jesus. Lord, we stand for you today that we will see your resurrection power on display in our nation. And people will say, look what the Lord has done, for he has done great things. Lord, we give you all of our heart. Have your way in our lives, Lord.